AT&T's got a bribe problem. North Korea took all our Bitcoin and an interview with Zach Hill from IT Career Questions, all coming up on TechNATO, starting now. All right, welcome to another episode of TechNado. This is a special episode because we are not in my office like normal. We instead, is this your office? Well, I mean, oh. it could be. It's a little noisy, but uh, we are at CompTIA's ChannelCon in Las Vegas, Nevada. Initially, we thought about skipping the podcast this week, but you know what? We We've it. not missed an episode, and we're on like episode 112 something, or something yeah. now. It's not crazy. about to start now, though, uh, are we? Right. So we thought, what if we did the podcast right from here? It'll be a lot of fun. Behind us, there is a whole video game arcade going on. There's a lot of activity. This guy is one of the reasons why we're out here, because he was giving a presentation, right? Or yeah, I was on a panel discussion this morning about uh, the state of cybersecurity. So uh, that's a, that was actually a really good discussion. We had a lot of fun. Had a lot of great questions from the audience. The audience participation in that was phenomenal and just got us going and, and talking about things like what's AI and ML doing for cybersecurity? How is cloud changing the landscape when it comes to cybersecurity? Diversity in tech, all sorts of great topics that really it was a good conversation for us to start having and make sure that we continue to have in the future. You know, I was surprised you guys talked for like 45 minutes. Yeah, it was a while. And if I had been on the panel, you know, the state of cybersecurity, Wyoming. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Right? They are secure. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, somehow you guys talked about Wyoming for yeah. 45 minutes. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, they got Cody. and <laughs> <laughs> So, so uh, anyhow, there's a lot of good sessions that are going on here. And and while this is the TechNado podcast, which brings you the cutting edge, hitting hard news in the IT industry, as well as interviews that are meaningful. Uh, that should be an ad right there. Uh, <laughs> there are plenty of other sources of information. CompTIA ChannelCon is one of those, which I'll do a, like an unpaid, unendorsed plug here for them. CompTIA ChannelCon is absolutely free. If you go to CompTIA's website, free. well, did you say free? You have, to, you have to pay to be here in person, but ChannelCon online, online. is absolutely ah, free. Ah. You can register online and you'll have access to all the recorded sessions. Best you, seat in the house, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, like today, the keynote speaker was Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, uh, he was he good. Was talking was about good. all sorts of stuff. And if you're watching it online, you're not having to deal with the 112 degree heat. Which that, is a bonus. That is true. It is incredibly hot. And I, I was just about to say, this did not connect in my mind. Um, today, the keynote speaker was Shaquille O'Neal. Yesterday, the keynote speaker was Eric O'Neal. Oh. Both O'Neills. O'Neal. Look at I'm this. Put this together. Uh, two completely different people, though. Uh, Shaquille being a NBA legend and Eric O'Neal being a cybersecurity legend because he was responsible for catching one of the very first cyber spies. And, cool is that? Uh, and there's a movie called Breach. You might have yeah. seen it. Uh, that's based on his story, so really cool to hear that. Yeah. Uh, so just I can't wait to see the movie. I, I, I haven't had a chance to yet, and it's been on my to-do list, so I gotta get I gotta get in there and watch that flick. Yeah, you, you're like, man, I still have to get through all six Tremors films. Like, well, and then... as you do, <laughs> as you do, right? It's priorities. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, we do need to tackle some news articles. We're gonna keep it a little light this time around. Normally we do about 10 articles, we're just gonna do three today. Uh, there were a couple of big news items that we wanted to make sure that we covered, and I'm glad to have Daniel on here with me because they're pretty much security related, and that's your cup of tea. <laughs> what? Another, more articles on security and data breaches. What? and I like to talk about new hardware that they, came out and, and networking they advancements. They don't do that anymore. Not that often. <laughs> and security, on the other hand, oh. people ruin every single oh, week. Man. 
It's fun, isn't it? Yeah. It's to a watch blast. the dumpster fire that is cybersecurity. <laughs> That's a good way to describe yeah. it. I mean, just it never goes out. It keeps no, getting bigger no, and bigger. Well, let's jump over to Microsoft. And this is actually one that's not security related, but it is important to be aware of because Microsoft is changing the way that it licenses how you move an on-prem license into a cloud service. So you may or may not have known this, but for many years, Microsoft had where if you already owned a license for Microsoft SQL Server, that you could deploy Microsoft SQL and Amazon's RDS and just move that license right over. You could do the same thing with Windows Data Center licenses. So you could throw them up there, which covered tons of VMs, and you know, it was a great way for people to move into AWS or move into Google Cloud. Well, they've changed it and made the announcement. I'm sure it's to our better. Oh, right? yeah. absolutely, uh, right? With the end user in mind. <laughs> we do have to remember that uh, Microsoft, well, I guess two sides. For the end user, Microsoft's actually done a lot in the last That's year true. to help the users. Uh, but they are a business, and they've done a lot to help themselves. want to make that money. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on here is they said, if you have on-prem licenses, okay. and you want to move them into Microsoft Azure, we'll give you a discount. Right? Oh. They'll discount the license cost as you go and renew. In fact, you can just move the license right up there right now, and then when you want to upgrade to the next version of Windows or SQL or whatever, they give you a, a pretty big discount. Well, Donna does seem like an end user, like a nice thing for them to do for us, right? It does, it does. They did the opposite for <laughs> AWS There's and the Google rub. Cloud. <laughs> so if you have on-premise licenses and you want to move them into AWS or yeah. Google Cloud, you can actually do that. Uh, and once you've moved them in there, if you want to upgrade, you don't get a discount. You are effectively you know, paying a, a tax. You're having to convert to a whole new license, and that's going to result in some higher costs when you go to those that's, providers. That's an interesting idea to say, you know, come with us. You're, you're already kind of with us, right? You're using a Microsoft product. Let's just make it easy and cost effective to continue to work with Microsoft. And, and that's great. I think the question starts to come into my mind is, what if I find AWS to be a more secure platform or a, it integrates better with my current technologies that's not Microsoft? Do I now have to have this mixed bag shop? And that can become kind of problematic if you're working in a shop, right? Yeah, I think the, uh, the Microsoft stance on that is tough crap. Ah. <laughs> well, there you go. So, you heard it here first. Folks. Well, uh, so they did release some specifics on this. Uh, you know, they actually kind of started this process last year, where uh, there was a, the bring your own license that you could take right. into Amazon RDS. They stopped that. They said you know you can't do it for RDS, but you can still do it for Windows Server. This increase, they've stated, it applies to AWS. Alibaba Cloud and Google Cloud platforms. Very specific, right? And those are yeah. some of the big ones. So if I go to Rackspace or something, I'm not yeah. going to get hit with this tax. Rackspace, Media Temple, okay. DigitalOcean, they're not included yet. 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 <laughs> that might change. And it's a little nebulous. I need to figure this out myself. Like, what if I'm going to AWS, but I'm doing dedicated hardware? Hmm. So I'm not using their virtual platform. I'm using the physical hardware right. because... Amazon has announced they are doing dedicated hardware now. Azure, well, actually, they've been doing it for a while. Yeah. Um, what was it called? Where you uh, single tenant? They had oh, single yeah, tenant single host. Tenant. Yeah. But even if you did that, you weren't actually tied to a single piece of hardware. They could move you to other hardware. You were just the only tenant on it, and that messes up Windows licensing. As you move from hardware to hardware, your license, you know, you you deactivate. Right. And so you got to go through activation again. It's a bit of a challenge. Okay. Well. They're, they're not completely holding us down, right? We have some options still, but I assume that that's just a horizon thing that one day they're going to be like, no, you come to Azure or you're going to get hurt. Well, the funny part to book. me, <laughs> this would be a bigger deal if 
uh, it wasn't for the fact that everybody's moving their workloads over to Linux. <laughs> so, right, so it doesn't matter. Who cares, right? I think licenses are one of the things that drives people to do that. If, right. if I want to set up an auto-scaling web farm, yeah. I'm not going to do that with Windows Server because I can't manage the licenses appropriately for that without data center running underneath and it. And there right? were shots fired from uh, Microsoft back at Amazon because I think Amazon or some people were saying, hey, you're taxing people. Yes. You know, this is garbage. And they were like, well, you're hitting people for open source stuff. They're trying to basically do what you do and not pay back into the community. So there's definitely some across the bow uh, insults going on back and forth. I'm going to find it here. Uh, so uh, we got this article from datacenterknowledge.com, so you can go and check it out yourself. But they uh, they have a tweet on there from uh, Werner Vogels, a verified Twitter account. That means they're important. Yeah. Uh, and what he said was, yet another bait and switch by Microsoft eliminating license benefits to force MS use. First, MS took away the bring your own license to SQL Server on RDS. Now, no Windows upgrades with bring your own license on AWS. Hard to trust a company who raises prices, eliminates benefits, and restricts freedom of choice. Now, I can see where that argument is coming came from. Came out swinging. Amazon. Uh, uh, so that you know that was coming from Amazon. The response from Microsoft supporters has been, wait a minute. Amazon is built entirely off of open source solutions that they take put together and then charge money for and are not contributing back to those original projects, yeah. which is not entirely true. Amazon actually contributes oh, pretty heavily to like Zen. Oh, uh, the Zen yeah, hypervisor, yeah. Amazon dumps a ton into, yeah. so does Citrix, but less important. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, but, but there are other areas. I know they've taken a lot of heat for uh, their chef and puppet implementations. Mm -hmm. And there was another one around Kubernetes where they had mm. Kubernetes services that they're charging money for, yeah. where Google is funding most of that, and Amazon is not pumping cash back into it. Shame, so, shame. We'll Amazon. see where that goes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, it, the various cloud providers are all kind of becoming increasingly equal these days, and if you're deploying on top of like Ubuntu or CentOS, yeah. a lot of these license quibbles aren't a big, a big deal. deal. Yeah. But well, when you, if you, if like you said, I think the market is moving a lot toward using something like a Linux-based system, some sort of where licensing is open, so you don't have to worry about paying so much into the Microsoft beast and give them that money. So it doesn't really matter. You just choose your poison at that time. Yeah, the, the one I worry about are databases. Yeah. You know, because I, I can do a MariaDB yeah. and, and that's open source. You can fire it up, scale, whatever. Yeah. But man, some of the other ones like Oracle and Microsoft SQL have some bells and whistles that are really sweet but you've got to pay licensing yeah. on them, and you might have an on-prem software solution that requires a particular database, and now you're kind of locked in with that licensing. I mean, I, I guess I'm not too upset about that, though. If I'm getting a more premium product, I can expect to pay a little bit more money for yeah. those features. So I don't think that's going to bother too many people. I mean, everybody wants to save some money, but listen, you get what you pay for, right? Yeah. And MariaDB is a great product. That stuff is great. But if you're a large enough shop, you need to go with what you need. The example I'm thinking of, you know, Daniel, you and I used to work at an insurance company, yep. and we had some document imaging software there called ImageWrite. I'm sure you remember. Uh, no. It <laughs> must not. No, kill must self. not. Um, so with ImageWrite, it, it ran on Windows servers. Yep. It required Microsoft SQL Server. That's like true. that was yep. what this was built around, and that was a line of business application for the company. The, the whole insurance company used it. We needed that. It was mission critical. Yeah, if it went down, so, the whole world collapsed around us. So moving it into the cloud was possible, yep. right? But moving it over to a Linux engine was not, right. and, and maybe it is now. It's been years <laughs> since that yeah. happened. But uh, yeah, so They're that not was even kind a of company anymore, are they? 
I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to say that they got bought or something happened. Wow. I forget. Yeah. If they got bought, it was for big dollars because yeah. they were They, were a big, they are a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to GeekWire, where uh, they're reporting Seattle-area AT&T employees were bribed to install phone-unlocking malware on the company network authorities say. This is brilliant to me. Like, oh, it's like, obviously nefarious and wrong. Don't do this. <laughs> but you got to, like, just think of it strictly from a logical perspective of they bribed inside people to install malware. That all it did was make the phone unlockable. They could unlock it so they could use a different carrier. And that's how AT&T was losing its money, right? So now I can hook this phone into a different carrier, and that carrier can make the money off of the phone. So, I mean, how flying under the radar did a great, I mean, bad, don't do it. But still pretty smart. Okay, so I, I know you read the same article I did yeah. because you blurred two things together. Uh, the GeekWire article is not the most well-written, uh. but there's actually two different sets of security incident here. So uh, basically, they there were incidents where employees were bribed initially to unlock phones. Right, and that's what I read. So yeah. there was someone selling phones, and like iPhones in a region where they either weren't able to sell them right. or they weren't available. And so they would bribe these employees. They would send them IMEI numbers. Right. Hard to say. Uh, <laughs> and they would then unlock those, and then they could take the phones and sell them in another For market. So, yeah. so the, the malicious people already had the phones, yeah. and they were just bribing somebody to unlock them. Now that... It's not that bad if you think well, about it, right? Other than the, you know, against the law part. <laughs> well, is it? I don't know that it is. Well, I mean, to take, uh, it just probably goes down to the same kind of argument about it, like an Xbox or something. Yeah. You're not really buying the phone. You're buying a license to use the phone kind I think of thing. It probably I, boils down to how they got the phone. Okay. Right? So if so, it's an AT&T locked phone. And it was d during a specific time, like 2012 to 2017 or something. So it was phones in yeah. that specific time frame that were then unlocked or unlockable so that they could transfer them to a different provider, right? Yeah, yeah, and that, that's that basically right? what okay. it was. And they were selling them in a region, like in Europe somewhere, yeah. that uh, these, the phones weren't available. Right. And they were able to do that because they were now unlocked and, and able to be used on other networks. Right. Now, that is bad, but not that bad. Like, I don't, I don't freak yeah. out over that. But then it goes further... And they bribed the employees to install malware. Right. The malware they didn't actually unlock the employee credentials, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they even gave their creds up. I'm like, and it, somebody wanted that money. <laughs> and it shows. You might, I mean, I'm sure AT&T has invested millions in firewalls mm -hmm. and IPS and uh, host-based intrusion prevention, heuristics. Uh, I'll, I'll do every, we're going to kill buzzword bingo right here. Yeah, 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 right uh, I'm here. sure they have artificial intelligent machine learning, As hack prevention. Uh -huh. I mean, just... It's AT&T, yeah. one of the largest networks in the world. But at the end of the day, you employ humans. Humans like money. Well, most of them. Not yeah, a lot of them do. Uh, I actually <laughs> saw a uh, cartoon this morning. It was this uh, guy, and he's he's bi I mean, biometrics, retina scanner. He's got a hand scanner. He's got to uh, you know, authenticate with his voice. He goes past this door. There's lasers everywhere. He's ducking and diving through all the laser systems. At the end is a glass jar, and inside of it is the super secret password of password123. Then he comes out of the room and goes, Bob, that admin password's password123. Yeah. Right? It doesn't matter how much security you enable. If your user has access to it and they decide that they're going to either be negligent or nefarious, then you still have a problem. Yeah, and that's a big challenge that we have with IT security today is your security is only as good as the weakest link. That's it. Which is often case your end user. Right. Yeah. And 
you know, this is something you gotta deal with. You gotta explain to, you know, hopefully you're hiring and your methodologies are gonna include the fact that maybe you're start doing some psychological testing. If you were given a bag of money, what would you do with it? You know, kind of thing. And see how some people respond. Hopefully mitigate some of those people coming into your company. But you never know a lot of times, and especially with a company as large as AT&T, it'd probably be really difficult to, I mean, what can you do? You do the best you can and you move on. Yeah, there were two things that surprised me here. Um, you know, one was that over a five-year period from 2012 to 2017, yeah. they unlocked over two million smartphones. Now, you didn't. <laughs> I thought that was a typo. Right. Yeah. Think about how many phones that is. That's a lot of. That's a, that's lot, a lot of phones. phones, and to go unnoticed that whole time, yeah. like how many phones are getting unlocked? They say they were losing five million a year in revenue. Uh, I something it was like five, that. Oh, it was five million per yeah. year for five years. So that yeah. was twenty-five million dollars because it. They anticipate those phones being subsidized. Right. Somebody will get a subscription attached to it. That didn't happen. Right. Uh, the other thing that surprised me was the two people that were arrested. One was arrested, right? Mohammed Fad, uh, but his partner in the crime was not arrested. And th these are not the AT&T employees. He got away with it. These are the people that bribed it. He got away in kind of a rough way. Uh, he <laughs> not is, the way you want to get away with something. He is man. now believed to be deceased. Now, that's a strange thing to put in a news article. He's believed to be deceased. <laughs> Or he's been hired by another country that said, that was brilliant. <laughs> Do that for us. Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. Well, we were talking yeah. about nation states and their, their problems. Yeah. They, uh, they carry a lot of weight. Yeah. Speaking of nation states, that is a great unintentional transition to our last article for today. I'm here for you, Booby. <laughs> I pitched a, uh, a conspiracy theory earlier in the year. Okay. I, I didn't promote it like myself, but it was a conspiracy yeah. theory I had heard that North Korea, even though they've got embargoes yeah, and yeah. all of these things that prevent countries from doing trade with them and they have a collapsing economy, that they are still able to fund their military. And the reason they're able to do that is because the rumor has been that they've been behind a number of the Bitcoin exchange attacks. Hmm. Well, there was an article on Reuters. The headline is, North Korea took $2 billion, billion with a B, in cyber attacks to fund weapons program. It's a UN report, and if it comes from the UN, I mean, it must be true, it right? It must be true, and it feels real good to know that if I had some Bitcoin or an error or something, that went to the funding of the North Korean military and their ability to destroy mass amounts of humans. <laughs> you know, this is, is one thing that I, I know we've talked about in passing before, is that uh, most people who get hacked don't even realize it, yeah. right? You, your, your grandma has a computer just to send email to the grandkids, and her system is part of some kind of zombie attack network. Yep. But it can actually be being used by, you know, in this case, like the North Koreans. So people can be using it for really bad stuff, and you don't even know you're a part of it. You're contributing. It would be a great way to like get buy-in from... The, you know, you, all of your users out there for, hey, if you get breached, it could be a part of funding the North Korean military, which could then be used to destroy your way of life. So you might want to take security a little more seriously than, uh, you know, clicking every link you find in your email. That's a bad idea. <laughs> so several Bitcoin exchanges have been compromised over the last five years. And, you know, we report on them. Yeah. We say like yep. 40 million went missing, 500 million went missing. And Sometimes it turns up in the owner's pocket, yeah. like uh, was oh, it Mount here Gox? it is. I'm so sorry, Mount Gox. Yeah, whatever it is. It was Gox. Is it Gox? Gox? Yeah, Mont I think that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, either way. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> it, was, it was Mountain Gox, because remember, it, like, the guy launched the... This is the credibility we have on these exchanges. <laughs> the guy launched a website to sell Magic the Gathering cards. And so the, the website was the initials for Magic the Gathering Online Exchange. Okay. And then when that didn't work, because... Well, I know I, I'm going to feel safe and secure putting my Bitcoin there. So then they <laughs> said, well, let's just make it Mount Gox. I already own the domain, yeah, right? And, yeah. and then we'll, we'll push that out. So they got compromised. Tons of Bitcoin was gone. Yeah. Now, a lot of it did turn up in the owner's pocket. So he's, I believe he's still in jail in Japan. He uh, should be. <laughs> but many other currency exchanges have been compromised and the money just disappeared. Yeah. Right. Well, with Bitcoin and really any of the cryptocurrencies that are out there, because Ethereum, mm -hmm. uh, a couple of their exchanges have been messed with and a few other ones that are out there, uh, that the way blockchain works is you might be anonymous, but your transactions are fully documented. The ledger is fully open so people can see where the stolen funds went, what yeah, wallet they, they were transferred, transferred to, to yeah. you know, what time, what day, it's all right there in the ledger. Mm -hmm. They just don't know who is attached to it. And what the UN is saying is that North Korea has been attached to a lot of it because this is their new, uh, this is their new, uh, uh, does it count as an export? Like when you count a, <laughs> yeah. uh, what is it, your GDP or yeah, gross yeah, domestic yeah. product? Exactly. Um, uh, stealing Bitcoin. Yeah, uh, compromised Bitcoin exchanges. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's a new, some, some countries that's export right. rice or yeah. apples, they uh, export, export hacks. Yeah. yeah. What the heck, right? It's a new economy. Yeah. <laughs> Things are changing, Don. What if... Because you know, at least here in the U.S., uh, with a lot of what we're presented with in the media, we yeah. think of North Korea as this collapsing economy right. where people are barely getting by. You hear about the guy that that uh, uh, snuck across the border and he was like infected with oh, worms yeah. and yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, it's horrible. But what if they just figured out the new world market and they're going to be the cornerstone of our future economy? You're scaring me. So yeah. I, I don't want to even think about that as being I'm, any I'm just kind saying, of keep reality an open mind. that I want to live in. <laughs> well, it's certainly possible. But certainly possible. that means that we can now move this from conspiracy theory and rumor mongering That's to right. UN verified account. There like it is. That is how North Korea is funding a lot of their military organizations. Now, how are they going to deal with it? That's the next big question. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. first off, like... Because they said, I, the article the, was talking about like... Two days after some cryptocurrencies went missing, yeah. they were launching ICBMs and getting further with their program. So it was like the... I'm sure that the UN will take their most extreme measures to face this challenge, which means they are going to write a stern letter... Very harsh. ...that very will, harsh. you know, in very clear language Kurt say... Steven, say how say. how uh, how much disapproval they have for these actions. And, um, and that's going to sting. Yeah. You know? Kim Jong's going to feel that in here. It's going to make him stop. I think so. <laughs> um, you know, I say it jokingly, but honestly, that's what's going to happen. I, yeah, I, I'd put money probably, on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know, obviously, there's not much we can do on that one, but it is interesting hey. to hear. And it is something that you absolutely need to be aware of because it's not cryptocurrency that's bad. It's how right. it gets used. It reminds me of Jessica Rabbit from... Uh, uh, what was that movie called? Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Where she says, I'm not bad, I'm just, I'm just drawing, drawing that this way. way. That's yeah. how cryptocurrency that's right. is. So if you are storing your cryptocurrency in an online exchange, that's wrong. It's supposed to just pass through, right? You should be storing it in an offline cold wallet. Many people aren't. Yeah. And when those funds get stolen, they are funding some really, really nasty stuff out there. Hope you sleep well tonight, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that's right. Don't be afraid. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, those, I think, are our three that's big... That's what we got, right? Yeah. yeah. Did you see anything else crazy this week? Oh, man, let me think. Well, the AT&T thing happened. You know, that was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And 
Uh, oh, there is a new um, C, uh, Microsoft uh, with uh, CPU vulnerability. Oh, yeah, That's I saw that. that. So yeah. this morning, I saw it this morning. Which they so, got an update out super fast. Oh, yeah, because they're like, oh, this bad. Yeah. And then AMD's like, not our problem. And they're like, yeah, I think it is. They're like, no, it's not. <laughs> if you like slower processors. <laughs> <laughs> that don't get compromised. <laughs> well, you pick your battles, I suppose. That's yep. true. That yeah, there true. were a few other things. I think Facebook had another outage, but at this point, yeah. it's like old news, whatever. But You mean Tuesday? <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, you know, those are all some of the different things that are going on out there in the IT world. Yep. Now, I think that's going to wrap our news segment, but stay tuned because... We're at a conference, and every time we go to a conference, we run into Mr. Zach Hill from IT Career Questions. So we're going to take a little break, and when we get back, we'll have a great interview with him and see what's new and happening with him. I hear he launched a new course, so we'll learn a little bit more about that and see what he's been experiencing out here at the conference. So stay tuned. We've got more Technado coming up. An IT team that's upskilled and ready for any challenge. How do you get there? Join thousands of other IT leaders and let IT Pro TV be your resource. With more than 4,000 hours of IT training, IT Pro TV gives your team a resource to go to. The most popular vendors, CompTIA, Microsoft, Cisco, Linux, Apple, AWS, and more. The hottest tech, cloud, security, networking, and more. What's next for your organization? Whether it's an implementation, cloud migration, more workstation support or new technology, you're covered. With IT Pro TV, you can rest easy. Your team will always be ready. It's binge-worthy learning for IT pros. Get a free trial for your team today. Visit www.itpro.tv/business. All right, welcome back everybody to Technado. I'm your host Don Pizet. We've ditched Daniel and what we've got it's Mr. Zach Hill. You guys know we, we've had him on the podcast, usually back in Gainesville. But yeah. when we travel to conferences, we seem to run into you just about everywhere. So I, I'm glad that you were able to join us yeah, and, and kind of talk to the viewers. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So I've been stuck in this booth pretty much the whole conference. So I haven't been able to get out much. I've been listening to the presentations online, uh, you know, just, just like most of the people out there on the Internet. Uh, but you've actually been here roaming around. What, what is the coolest thing you've seen so far here at ChannelCon? Uh, actually, the, the keynote from Eric O'Neill I thought was really good. Uh, he talked about a lot about like insider threats, which is something that I'm personally interested in. Uh, I thought the way that it was delivered was really good, and there's just a lot of information out there. He was really enjoyable. Just it was, it was entertaining. So uh, that was kind of like the biggest thing for me that you know really stuck out because a lot of the topics he talked about, I think, kind of relate to directly the path that I'm looking to be in. So that's what I enjoyed. You know, I, I had never heard him speak before, and I, I, I knew the name. We'd heard the stories, like, this is the guy that based the movie Breach on, yeah. and, and he's a you know an actual person that was tracking down the, the first cyber spies. Yeah, right. And normally when you hear about somebody who has that skill set, they're not somebody who can speak yeah, very yeah, well. Yeah, no, no, he did a fantastic <laughs> job. It was, it was really entertaining. He was a good storyteller. So, uh, you know, we don't have that as part of the Technado podcast, but if any of you want to watch that keynote that, uh, that Eric O'Neill did on Tuesday, uh, it is a part of CompTIA's ChannelCon online, which is free. If you go to CompTIA's website, you can register for that, and you can view all the previous sessions, including his talk. So it was, it was a good one. Yeah, you get free CEUs, right? Uh, yeah, if you if you are CompTIA certified, then it counts to help renew your certification. Yep. Now let's switch from the conference to you, Zach, to because I, I've been oh. following. I know you uh, you've been really active. I, obviously, yeah. you've got IT career questions is 
going full steam like it always is. Yeah, it's going great. But you have done something a little new and put together a course for people that are getting into IT. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the name of the course is uh, How to Get an Entry-Level Job in IT. Uh, so chapter by chapter, it walks people through kind of the, the steps that they need to take as they're looking to gain that entry-level employment. You know, So it's you know, we're talking about resume help. We're talking about cover letter help. Letter help we're talking about you know your soft skills, uh, things that you wouldn't normally kind of learn in a lot of the typical you know learning environments. So we're trying to get people interested and geared up and ready before they, you know, maybe start their certification process, before they get into that entry-level job. Here's the things that you guys should really be aware of that will definitely help land that, that position. And, and who's the target audience? Is it like, I mean, obviously anybody looking to get into IT, but is it targeted towards younger people who are just getting out of high school or, or people who are in other careers? Yeah, so it would be both, really. So if you're just getting out of high school or just getting out of college or you're a career changer, uh, that's that's what the course is targeting. You know, anybody who's just looking to make that transition into IT, um, just want to give them all, all these foundational skills and knowledge that that they need. You know, it's, it's I, I'm trying to make it as helpful and um, as I can, and I want people to have kind of an advantage, right? So that's kind of like what you get from it. You get an advantage um, by going through this because here's things that you wouldn't normally think about as you're looking to get in the field, and I kind of lay that out, um, like I said, chapter by chapter, and. Uh, the reviews that I've had so far have been fantastic. So I'm very happy that I was able to release it and uh, that it's going really well. When, when did it go live? Uh, two weeks ago. Oh, so this is pretty yeah. darn new. Yeah, it's brand new. So it's been out there in the public two weeks. People have been jumping in. Uh, I, I imagine you've received some feedback. Have you found anything that you, you might need to change that you plan on adding to enhance it? Yeah, I think there's a few things that I'd like to do to enhance it. And, you know, going through your first kind of course like that, your launch, you know, and which you guys kind of have gone through with IT Pro TV is you've transitioned through the years and uh, developed. There's always room for improvement. So you always kind of look back on things and say, oh, I should have done this. I, I should have done that a little bit better. Um, so, yeah, th there's going to be a few things added to it that just, just to make sure I kind of close those gaps. You know? Absolutely. Hey, you know, when somebody's kind of taking that first step into an IT career, there's a lot of uncertainty. So any question you answer is a big help to them. Yeah. Now, that's one course we've been talking about. Are you planning on just continuing to evolve that one course, or do you have other courses in mind? No, so the the next course that I haven't even talked about, I'll talk to you guys about it right now. It's, uh, breaking news. Yeah, breaking, right? <laughs> huge. Uh, no, it's uh, basically I'll, I'm leaning towards like troubleshooting 101, but I really want to lay down some of those foundational skills for people as they're looking to get into entry-level roles. Like, here's troubleshooting scenarios that you might run into, and here's how you overcome them. Um, you know, I don't feel like there's a lot out there that targets. Obviously, you know, you guys are doing like A plus, net plus things, but let's really kind of lay down a, a scenario that could, you could, might actually run into an entry level, and we'll walk you through it. That way, you guys know what to do when you know that happens. So it, get it's, the real world. it's 20 tickets of resetting passwords? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's going to be like the, the, the highlighting course, the first course that I put out. The How to sad reset a reality password, right? of you know? help desk. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, we'll get into troubleshooting printers and we'll talk about uh, you know, just the different maybe software issues that you might run across with Microsoft products and things like that. And here's how you fix it. You know, for when we talk about an entry-level career, I immediately think of help desk. That's where a lot yeah. of people get their start and then you evolve from there. Are there other types of jobs that fall under entry level? I think there's a lot. You know, that's, there's always a huge misconception, I feel like, with IT titles. They're so skewed and, and they vary so much from job to job. Um, but help desk, it, obviously, that's like the, the target kind of entry level position. But level one technicians, you know, uh, IT technician or uh, IT support, there's so many different titles that it's, 
I worked at an organization where um, I was confused my first day because the help desk people, they were called desktop engineers. Yeah. And I, in my mind, when I hear desktop engineer, I'm like, these are probably the people that build the deployment images right. and, and you know, get the software set up for systems. But they, that was the help desk. It was just the yeah. title they had chosen. You could be a systems analyst three, and that's what a company calls help desk. Yeah. It's so, and I think that's like the funniest thing to me. And I talk about that a lot in, in some of my live streams that you really have to pay attention to those job descriptions, you know, what they actually entail. Uh, what are those requirements? Because sometimes the title, it's just something they made up or something they thought would look great, and yeah. that's how they bring people in sometimes. All right. Well, if somebody wants to see that course, where, where do they go? Is this on Udemy or some other platform? Uh, so I'm using Thinkific, but they can go to uh, www.itcq.tv, or if they find me on YouTube, IT Career Questions. Uh, there's plenty of links out on social media for it. Excellent. So people definitely want to check that out. And then you've got a busy week ahead of you. You are, you're kind of cutting back and forth between ChannelCon and... And Black Hat. You've been at Black Hat. Are you yeah. doing DEF CON? No, or? so I have to leave Friday morning. But uh, no, just ChannelCon and Black Hat. That's enough for me. It's, it's so busy and so many people. So Black Hat, uh, you, the presentations are always really good, but there's so many vendors there. It yeah. is a, even if you, I mean, I'm not saying skip the presentation, but even <laughs> if you did, just hitting the vendor booth, you learn about so many great technologies out there. Yeah. Uh, is there anything specifically you're looking for this year, like topics that you're trying to, to hone in on? What I'm really trying to do this year is get interviews with people. And it's not even necessarily about talking to the vendors or learning so much, but I really want to hear from people on how they got started in IT. What, what was your journey? What was your path? And then what advice that they have for people who are looking to get in IT? So I'll have a pretty good compilation video that I'll sure. release hopefully next week of all these answers. You know, I, on that same line of thought, not so much Black Hat, but if one of our Technado viewers has a good story about how they got involved in technology, mm -hmm. could they reach out to you and oh, maybe share that story? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to have anybody on who's willing to share how they got started. And what, if you guys want to do that together, that would be great too. But I love hearing, because everybody's story is so different. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. you know, it's always neat to find, especially when you find somebody who's very similar to you in background, yeah. that this is what they did to be successful, and you can kind of mirror that. Right. Uh, what's the best way to reach out and, and find you? Uh, YouTube.com slash IT Career Questions be the best place to find all the different social media contact information. All right, and then the, the website for that course was ITCQ.com? ITCQ.tv. Oh, .tv, sorry. Make sure you get that right. <laughs> Otherwise, you end up on some crazy site, and yeah. Yeah, I think the ends. domain for that cost like twenty thousand dollars. I was like, oh, I'll just get the TV. So you, you didn't buy it? You didn't. Oh, I don't have that kind of money. Big money over. Gotta here. get you, your money. <laughs> All right. Well, give me a loan. Hey, well, you know, when you said it initially, the first thing that popped in my mind was, wow, you have a four-letter domain. Those are expensive. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was. the less letters you have, the more expensive yeah. the domain is. But uh, uh, I guess we're five letters. Itpro.tv. Yeah. Technado, cheap though, long, lots of letters. <laughs> so, all right, well, Zach, thank you for taking time out of your yeah. conference schedule to come on to Technado with Absolutely. us. And for you, the viewers, thank you for watching, but stay tuned. Don't go anywhere because we're going to come back. I've got Daniel Lowry going to pop back on the camera here with me, and we'll wrap up our Technado podcast coming at you live from CompTIA Channel Con in Las Vegas, Nevada. My name is Dana Morrison. I'm the IT Director at Grace Christian School in Raleigh, North Carolina. I work with two technicians, Buddha and Anthony. We cover all grades at the school. We figure that we support approximately 800 end-user devices. My name is Buddha Nepal. I work as an IT support here and AV specialist. I moved into IT department and, and on our first meeting, other team members asked me, hey, What's your IT background? And I was like, 
I don't have any. We have this SharePoint project that we're rolling out. So I was able to go to IT Pro TV and um, watch. And by the end of this month, we were actually migrating all our files to SharePoint. I can use IT Pro TV's uh, supervisor portal to check the progress of my technicians so I can see what they're looking at. So when we were doing SharePoint training, I can go in and I can see that Buddha is hitting on that content. I really want to see hands-on how they do things. And if there was an IT Pro TV, I don't know how I would have done that. IT Pro TV has given us the ability to level up our technicians to a point where they can decide, this is important for me to learn and go out and learn. At home, I have Apple TV and there is an app there. And so I actually watch on Apple TV. I, I watch it in my iPad too. Saturday mornings, I still get up early. 6.30, I go grab a cup of coffee, I sit down on the couch, and I typically watch two or three episodes uh, as I just kind of increase my own learning skill set. I would recommend IT Pro TV uh, to any IT team that is looking to extend their knowledge. Uh, it offers a great, easy to access, interactive, entertaining uh, environment. It's just a great tool uh, for any IT professional. Welcome back, everybody. Just want to do another great big thank you to Zach Hill. Uh, in case you wonder, like, how we line up these interviews, so sometimes he found out he was going to do an interview with, or he uh, allowed us to interview him uh, simply minutes before jumping in here. So <laughs> it was great to get him. Uh, you know, we uh, uh, we were going to have Wes on here with us because uh, he's also here yeah. giving a presentation, but we weren't able to, like, to get him here strategically. It's, it's lunchtime. Yeah, and, yeah hard to get Wes at lunchtime. Right. So, uh, so thank him, or I thank him for doing that. Uh, maybe you, the viewers, thank him. I don't that's know. right. But uh, but anyhow, that's probably going to be a wrap for us. We are out at ChannelCon in Las Vegas, Nevada. If you are also out at ChannelCon, be sure to stop by and say hi to us we're here through the rest of wednesday i think we're ditching out thursday at yeah some thursday point. i think so if you're here we'd love to see you if not remember that channel con is our channel con online is free so jump over to comptia's website at comptia.org and they have the little uh kind of window pop up there for the the channel con you can register free and then watch all the sessions at a minimum definitely check out the eric o'neill keynote because that was a lot of fun if you like cybersecurity. But the future tech trends track has had a ton of stuff on new technology that's coming down the line. You'll definitely want to hear a lot of that. Got to stay on the edge there. Yep, and uh, and you can even listen to Daniel's session, which was uh, what were you talking about? Uh, security Some stuff. Junk. Yeah, <laughs> you talked about it last week on the podcast, right? Uh, yeah, I talked about it last week. So if you watched last week's, it was just about living off the land, fileless malware attack techniques, that kind of stuff. Yep. So you can hear him just ramble on for 45 minutes and some other people do some good stuff too. Yeah. Uh, so definitely check that out. But that's going to be a wrap for us. Thank you all for watching. Be sure to share TechNATO with your friends, your family, your enemies, everybody, uh, because we, you know, we try and report on Sharing what's Sharing is caring, right? That's exactly <laughs> right. And keep an eye on our social media presence. You know, we're on Twitter, Facebook, uh, but YouTube is probably the best place because that's where we post all of our episodes for you to listen to and watch. Uh, we're also on Apple, iTunes for the podcast series and, and so so many other platforms. Peter's better at this. We're trying stuff. to make it available for you is what we're saying. Wherever possible. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you have ideas for other content for TechNATO, possible interviews, whatever, please shoot us an email at interviews at technado.com. We'd love to hear from you. But for us, that's a wrap. Thank you for watching. Signing off for TechNATO, I've been Don Pazette. I'm Daniel Lowry. We'll see you next week.